1: Okay, Sarah, so the buzz surrounding Baltimore's offense isn't slowing down anytime soon. Ravens linebacker Roquan Smith is on record for saying that he cannot wait for the unit to put the league on notice. Then you got the folks over at Good Morning Football nationally hyping the you-know-what out of Zay Flowers.
2: (laughs) Yeah, but Bobby, in an effort to give some balance to all the hype, and there has been a lot, we'll share a take from the Baltimore Suns' Mike Preston who called the new offense, quote, small ball, and then questioned whether it would be enough to take them deeper into the playoffs.
1: So slow your roll, essentially. I guess we'll try to do that. I'm Bobby Trossett, alongside my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. It is Friday, August 11th, and this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault.
2: Well, what many believe is the Ravens' weakest link, position group-wise, may have just gotten weaker on Thursday, and head coach John Harbaugh, he didn't shy away from acknowledging the issue.
1: Plus, why the door seems to still remain open for bringing in free agent Jadavian Clowney and what Baltimore's playing time strategy is ahead of preseason play coming up on Saturday night.
2: Yeah, we have all of that and more coming up. Thank you for waking up with the Morning Vault where you get the most important Ravens news and our opinions in about 30 minutes. All right, Bobby. So we are, this is our last episode prior to the first preseason game, Saturday night. Uh, just to kind of set the scene for the final practice too, the Ravens are going to have some some time off. Uh, there was some familiar faces, some visitors at the Ravens practice. Uh, we've got Marshawn Lynch, obviously former running back for the Seattle Seahawks. And then also we've got Ray Rice, a pitcher there from Rocco DeSangro, just having those two talking, plus Melvin Gordon, the three of them kind of chatting it up. So what are they doing there? Well, Marshawn Lynch, his cousin, is vying for a backup quarterback role, uh, Josh Johnson, obviously. And then Ray Rice, this is not the first time he's been back. He's been back several times, but he brought his youth football group there to the uh, practice facility. So all those young guys are able to get a feel for an NFL practice. And Ray Rice, like I said, he's been back several times before Bobby. He often comes to speak to the Ravens rookies. He kind of gives a familiar speech, which is about decision-making. He's kind of the poster boy of what not to do when everything's going right. So the Ravens kind of still tap into that as, as he is just kind of a guy that shows, hey, you make one wrong decision everything can go wrong.
1: Yeah, for sure. And credit him for, you know, committing to turning his life around. He and his family's lives around ever since, you know, what year was that? 20, Whoa, 2013
2: or 14,
1: yeah, 2013, 2014 ish. Here he is. I mean, still being swarmed as Jamison Hensley caught uh, on camera here with a bunch of people and, and, you know, young fans at one winning drive. And, um, there's Marshawn signing some autographs for fans as well, like you said, in town to visit his cousin Josh Johnson. So yeah, it's it's been well attended. Right, training camp has been well attended over the last few weeks, and again, this is sort of the ramp up to when they shut down their doors and it gets down to business, and and business will be had on Saturday night. To your point, looking forward to kind of getting back into our rhythm, and we're going to be bringing back our post game live streams this weekend which kind of kickstarts a full season for us on game day. So as soon as the preseason game wraps up, we will be with you, of course, right here across all of our channels to give you some instant reaction to what we watch. You know, there's going to be some position group battles that that, uh, that certainly are, are in play on Saturday night. There's going to be potentially our first look at Zay Flowers in preseason action if he plays. And, you know, we'll get to later who ends up playing and, and what John Harbaugh's strategy is when it comes to playing time but all that's still to come
2: all right so that was kind of the uh the guest view of of practice good good intro to what we'll be doing on on the preseason game so let's jump into what we kind of teased at the top and that is all this buzz that continues to surround the offense uh a lot of it is just national media guys coming in but This one, this quote is coming from inside the house. It's called, it's coming from inside the house. It's Roquan Smith. We weren't able to get to this in our last episode um, when the uh, Sirius XM NFL radio went to to training camp and they interviewed a host of people. We highlighted Steve Bishotti in our last episode, Um, but they got a hold of Roquan Smith, a former guest of this show. And uh, they're like, all right, well, you're the one who's going up against this offense, okay? What what has it been like for you, okay? Roquan is not, he doesn't, he's not a loud guy, but when he speaks, he's pretty forceful. Listen to this.
3: Absolutely, I think uh, OB, uh, Lamar, and Monk, man, I think it's a great combination. I'm just excited to see what they can all do and show the league week in and week out because I've been seeing it in training camp and seeing them when they was learning it all throughout OTAs and just seeing like how every week is just been gotten better and better and there are some things I'm just like, wow, this is gonna get a lot of people. I think I'm a pretty smart football player and I've been I've gotten got a couple times uh with some of the stuff monk and then with Lamar how electric he is and how he can create plays on the run. You know, if you're not plastering your coverage, how he can still make you pay for it, throwing the ball downfield and OB the type of plays that he can make which has made him special throughout uh, his time in the league I'm just very excited for the offense to uh, really put the league on notice and like how th- how they can like hit you from each and every angle whether that's running the ball throwing the ball spreading you out in the box and we all know has one of the best offensive lines in the league and I, I take that I-, I like that and I'm versus any offensive line so I'm just excited for those
1: guys Absolutely, I think. Uh,
2: Bob, Bobby, that's the first time you heard that, right? I saw you smiling there.
1: It was. Well, I'm just thinking about all these these examples of him talking this this team up, himself up, that are starting to pile up, right? You got paper champs, types of comments that went viral. You got this now, you know, putting the league on notice. You got he, he and PQ as the top, you know, linebacker duo in all of football. But yet he backs it up. And I think quickly we noticed in season last year, just how much of an impact that he had and how confident of a, of a man he is, much less football player. So it, it's so refreshing. It's it, I was thinking about this the other day, and we'll get to this later on in the episode. Cincinnati does a lot of trash talking, right? And Tyler Boyd's the latest, we'll get to that later on. And I think Roquan has his fair share of, of trash talking, but he does it in this way that's almost like likable. <laughs> You know, and maybe that's just because we're covering the Ravens on a daily basis that I'm saying There's that. i say that.
2: It's likable when it's coming from your players, for I'm sure.
1: sure. Yeah, I'm sure Bengals Nation loves what Boyd does, mm-hmm. Love Jamar Chase dragging guys, right? Even I remember Boyd put up the the screenshot on his Instagram storytelling what Roquan and, and Marcus Peters and Joy Cabo, that type of thing. So it's all good back and forth, but the guy backs it up and you got to respect that
2: yeah the only thing is is he can't back it up on offense. but I do like that he was saying he's like, you know i'm I'm a pretty smart player and I've gotten got, you know, I love that. I got got, you know, so um it, it just sounds like the combination of what Munkin's bringing with the talent uh, he's you know, he's pretty excited about that. So uh, one other quote from this with with xM NFL serious XM NFL radio um is they did get Lamar. Uh, we did highlight a quote of his a little while ago, but um, I thought this was interesting too. Of course, Lamar and all these guys are picking up a brand new offense. And as we know, for temporarily, Munkin took away the wristband to try to get them to really just immerse themselves in the offense and really get to know it. So he was asked about, you know, how well do you know it at this point?
0: Farve went through the debts I asked him, and I'll ask you, do you see the play in your mind's eye when you call it in the huddle? Do you already see it the way you saw the old offense? Or is it still words and he's trying to get it all... In your mind again.
3: Right? I actually, I'm starting to see it like, you know, like the whole offense. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm seeing the picture, um when I'm calling the play, when coach giving me the play, I'm pitching it in my head, but relating it to the guy. So it's making it a lot easier for the process. Well, if
0: you're at that point and it's only where we are, you got time to get it all in there.
3: Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Love it. Well, we love coming here and watching you practice. You have fun. I mean, I you do. can tell you
1: enjoy practicing. You enjoy- He's had the iPad, as Todd mentioned, right, when, when he wasn't at those first couple sessions of OTAs, right? He was like, he has the iPad. And apparently he, he took the iPad and <laughs> used that to his advantage early on.
2: Yeah. I like, I like he's already visualizing the plays, but don't get it twisted. Some, some fans had found this when, when they, the Ravens put up the, um, the uh, wired episode from training camp and they had seen this juke move.
1: <laughs> hmm.
2: So there's a, this is, this is a juke move from Lamar Jackson for the audio only people does that little stutter step like he always does Hmm. shakes kyle hamilton kyle hamilton kyle hamilton's coming at him with wide open arms trying to like get him but he gets kyle hamilton to go right and lamar jackson goes left and then bobby look closely look inside the face mask what is lamar doing
1: oh he's smiling he's He's smiling smiling. (laughs) (laughs) and then you know what too it's funny (laughs) kyle was not that beaten there like all it took was a slight shake from Lamar yeah. and we've how many times have we seen this over his 5 year career all it takes is a little bit of space a small little shake and he's gone Kyle was not embarrassed there whatsoever and again for the audio only folks we know uh, you know we're trying to do our best to be as descriptive as possible now that we're doing a lot of on camera work so you can always find this on YouTube as well in in an on camera format but Kyle, his his footwork was right there. It's just Lamar had him beat by a half steps, doing it, not even doing it justice. It's like a quarter step. I mean, the guy is a freak laterally. It's unbelievable.
2: It's it's the Lamar effect. So, all right. So, listen, it's all the hype, all this good stuff. Certainly, people got us believing. Um, so let's give another side of it though, just in case we don't we, we don't want to get too too far ahead of ourselves. So. Mike Preston from over at the Baltimore Sun, obviously been covering the the Ravens for decades at this point. Um, a fan had sent me some of his takes on what's going on. And he obviously waited a couple of weeks to, to, to kind of put out this opinion. He's been watching it for a while now. Mike, um, Mike, in the beginning of this article, he's saying, look, it's obvious the changes that Todd Monken's bringing in. And he's like, for sure the passing game is going to be better. And he kind of, runs through some stuff that Todd Munkin's doing that you just never saw under Greg Roman, but kind of standard stuff, right? So he's like, yeah, that all for sure looks good. Then he says this, but so far the Ravens are playing, quote, small ball is what he calls it. He says they run a lot of short patterns, including crossing routes, And that's great when a team has potentially explosive players, such as rookie wide receiver Zay Flowers, the number 22 overall pick out of Boston College. But what happens when an opposing team takes away the short stuff and starts to jam receivers at the line of scrimmage? What happens when a defense forces quarterback Lamar Jackson to throw downfield and outside the numbers? The type of passing attack, that type of passing attack hasn't been on display in training camp And it's still the question that has haunted Jackson and the Ravens ever since he became the starting quarterback six years ago. It's safe to assume that it's going to take time for the offense to gel. The Ravens won't set their game plan until weeks before the regular season. Okay. So he's like, all right, so I'm going to give them some time because it's only been a couple weeks. They're still implementing it. I mean, Rashad Bateman is still just doing individual work. He hasn't been doing teamwork. J.K. Dobbins isn't out there. So. So he's like, okay, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. They 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 may just need some more time to to implement more. He goes, so far though, it's been Jackson throwing short to intermediate passes across the middle. He's been throwing a lot of screens and flares to his halfbacks out of the backfield. We've heard that a lot, by the way. This isn't yeah. just Preston. We've heard that from a lot of different media that um that they're doing a lot to the running backs. And then he says, on Tuesday, Jackson completed two long passes downfield, but that was an aberration. The Ravens And Coach John Harbaugh related, but when Munkin became the coordinator in mid-February, he said he was going to attack the entire field. Well, I'm still waiting, Preston Mm. says. Okay. Okay, and then he goes down to the end. He says it's a copycat league, so once a defense starts having success against the Ravens' small ball approach, he says, others will soon employ the same strategy. Um, And then he says Jackson's never going to become a throw-first kind of player. And he says, eventually, they're going to have to attack the entire field. We haven't seen that yet, at least not often enough. And he, then he says, you know, they're going to have to go deep to win in the postseason. So those, those are kind of his ideas. So, Bobby, I quickly reached out to our guy, Kadri Ishmael, <clears throat> only because he has been out there for several practices. I, here, I will say this. In the one time that I was there, for sure, I was seeing a bunch of shorter routes and and that's my my, like I said that first day Zay Flowers popped off the field because it just seemed like it was play after play after play going to him and then he would do something with the ball like the day that I was there that was the day he juked Roquan Smith Roquan himself has said I've gotten got you know so there's definitely that kind of shorter intermediate routes so I reached out to Q and he's saying yeah there is some truth to that there is You know, because he he calls it the West Coast kind of Bill Walsh offense. But here's what Kadri said that I I do want to add in there is he says, um, yeah, it's a lot of catch and run after type route concepts, but I don't think teams will defend this as easy as Mike Preston is saying because of the multiple weapons around Lamar Jackson. I also believe throwing the deep ball is something that you have to have to scare a team. And the fact that we've seen them go up top during one on ones, as well as seven on sevens, is a good sign. So then he he talks about an, a play where he saw that that Mark Andrews was open, kind of intermediate wise, and then Lamar pump fake there to get the the safeties to bite, and then he ended up going to an outside route to Devin Duvernay, and and they and they connected. So, so I want to say there is, in my view, there is some truth to what Mike Preston's saying but what kadri's saying is it's not so easy like mike Preston is saying okay well it's going to get stopped well not necessarily not with these weapons and number two is i do agree though what's going to be huge is this deep this deep passing game you only need to hit one or two of those a game and that'll make defenses respect you but i think for mike preston's liking he's not seeing it enough whereas kadri's saying I'm seeing it, but it's gonna. But I need. It. I think he he also sent that email or that text to me. He's like, there's gonna gonna need some time for them to gel and hit those more often.
1: Are there portions of of practice at this point in camp that aren't viewed by the media? To your knowledge,
2: no. Now they can't record all of them with video, but but right now the media is allowed to see everything.
1: Okay, all right. So perhaps a. I think so. It's fair then, right? It's, it's fair, but you also see cues take when it comes to, you know, what's, what still could be coming and gosh, we're probably not going to see a ton unleashed <laughs> revealed over the next few weeks in preseason. That's for sure. We're not expecting to see Lamar at all throughout preseason. We're going to see a heavy dose of Snoop Huntley and Josh Johnson. You'd have to think so. We'll see what that primary backup slot looks like.
2: All right. So switch. Oh, one other thing though. I did want to show. So the top play before, I guess we, we totally move on the top play. We will show that, that the Ravens um, media crew put out. Um, This is going to Q's point is here's Lamar. He's, he's dropping back. He's starting to get a little pressure. He scrambles out to his left and he throws on the run to who else? Mark Andrews hits him in stride, goes all the way for the touchdown. That was a deep pass. So it just is, again, to, to Q's point, uh, we are seeing some of these these deep passes. And then I believe it was yesterday we showed a deep pass from Lamar. It was a 40-yard bomb to Odell Beckham Jr. Um, so we are seeing it. The question is, is how often can they get it done? Uh, but, but I'm telling you, though, this isn't a new offense that, that Munkin's coming in new to the league, right? It's just like, can your players – implement it they have the weapons and what Preston's also calling into question is is Lamar's accuracy well that's been debated forever can Lamar be accurate I think he can I think he'll have down days but I think I think it's vastly vastly undersold how much he can do in the passing game and that's what the Ravens are betting on that he can do more than people like Mike Preston are saying all right so let's switch up the gears here let's go over to the defensive side Bobby
1: Well, we got to talk Zay first right
2: Oh, I totally forgot about that. Yeah, why don't you, why don't you set that up? Because I know it was a video you, you found.
1: Yeah, and by the way, that top play too, throwing across his body there on the run on the left-hand side of the field, pretty impressive arm strength and accuracy to hit Andrews in stride. So hopefully that's a sign of things to come uh, from an arm standpoint for Lamar. But anyway, Zay Flowers has caught my eye and ear on Thursday. Good morning, football. National panel, Jason McCourty, several other folks, Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, they all had a conversation about, how about this debate? Who has generated the most camp buzz so far throughout the last few weeks? George Pickens in Pittsburgh, who's had a dominant camp for the Steelers, or Zay Flowers? Zay is literally being talked about nationally, regionally, locally. Has there ever been a Raven, a rookie Raven, hyped up as much as this guy has before his first career game. I'll let you, I'll let the folks answer that themselves in the show notes or in the, in the comment section below. But anyway, Here's the panel talking about Zay on Thursday morning.
4: You get a nickname, Joystick, that early on in training camp and everybody raving about Peter King shows up to practice and he's talking about Zay Flowers the whole time. I just Googled Zay Flowers just to see what that might pop up. up. And there was an article that said Zay Flowers might be the best wide receiver in Baltimore Ravens history. He <laughs>
5: right hasn't uh-huh. even
4: played in uh, a game. Already. I don't know if it gets any more hype than that. Like, a- Anquan Bolden and Torrey Smith are at home saying, wait, guys, uh, hello. Some what, uh, Ismail's furious. Audrey,
5: the <laughs> missile's furious. Oh, so yeah. What am I, chopped liver? Come on.
0: Um, it's amazing. Like, you know, here we are. It's, it's it's the second week of August. And in a million years, if you asked me two weeks ago, like, are you going to do a topic comparing Zay Flowers and George
5: <laughs> That's the beauty of <laughs> Zay also has this mystique that... You know, if Lamar ever gets a true number one, a star wide out, it's really been like the Mark Andrews and his band of merry brothers for yeah. a while. And, you know, you, the fact that he's getting that buzz and that guy is in the camp who's Mr. Buzz, who invented modern internet buzz in this sport, mm. and it's still going to a guy who has never played one snap in professional point. football. Mm. He's out buzzing Odell Beckham is a lot. And I, I listen. Out buzzing. Out buzzing. And nobody is apparently out Peter King more than Zay Flowers because Peter King, who's calm, I read every week, I have my entire life basically, he's like just going off. He's <laughs> really, seen every yeah. player in the history of the league, and he's like, this Zay Flowers <laughs> thing is a thing. So like, you have yeah, to Peter. interfere or hold him to not allow him to catch the ball right now. Yeah, that's the amount of separation. best rookie I've seen by far, and I think he kind of wants to say best player that I've seen by far. Maybe that'll be next week. Zay Flowers, the hype is real. It's real.
1: Words hold weight among the panel as as they should. Peter's been around a long time. Legendary columnist, but just a few things that we just heard there. Uh, recapping, you know, two minutes worth of content. Again, good morning football. Courtesy. You got Jason McCourty, former NFL player. Quote, you have to fear or hold him to not allow him to catch the ball right now. That's the amount of separation. End quote. Kyle Brandt. Quote, he's out buzzing Odell Beckham. The hype is real. It's real end quote and again just the fact that they as a panel decided to have the debate between Pickens and flowers for who's generated more buzz speaks to the impact that he's had so far but again we're pumping the brakes he has not played in the game yet he has never played in an NFL game had a very productive career four-year career at Boston College and my gosh he looks the part so far.
2: I'm gonna trust these guys in terms of who's out buzzing who because they're they're the ones who like, decide what makes it up to them from 32 different NFL camps. So if they're saying he's out buzzing Pickens, I don't know. I'd have to trust them because I'm I'm more focused in Baltimore than I am nationally. Uh, there's been some pretty fair buzz about OBJ too. So uh, listen, once one or two people get a hold of a, a narrative, it starts flying. So in Zay's case, he's he's right riding this wave where it's been positive all the way. And uh, like I said, when I saw him, I saw the same thing that these guys are se- seeing, but we got to wait. It's, it's always ah, you just got to wait till the pads come on and yep. you're in the NFL to really know if it's real. Uh, so we'll we'll f- we'll find out pretty soon. And uh, I do think we're going to see him in the preseason. We'll get to more about who's playing in that preseason game. But I think it'll be fun to watch him because I think he's going to get some playing time.
1: All right. Now we'll shift over to the defense because unfortunately there was some news to come out of training camp on Thursday, which we don't know the severity of, or really the specifics, but here's what we do know. Baltimore beatdowns. Kyle Barber reported at, from his observation post at one winning drive that to Marion Pepe Williams, a second year cornerback, one of our first ever guests that we had on the vault was carded off early into practice. Looked like it was after individual drills, according to Kyle. He saw him not putting pressure on the left foot and hopping off after the cart with a trainer. John Harbaugh then spoke about it and specifically, he didn't speak specifically about Pepe, but on the cornerback position itself with players being in and out. And he acknowledged, Sarah, that this is an issue, no doubt about it. And at some point here, you'd have to think, and he kind of suggested this, they're going to have to make some sort of move you would think before week one, perhaps that's bringing in who they brought in last year before he tore his ACL in week one and Kyle Fuller. Uh, but, you know, unfortunately, it seems as if, and you don't want to jump to conclusions about Pepe. Hopefully he's okay. Hopefully Rock is okay. But bottom line is the weakest link you could argue on this team position group wise may have gotten weaker on Thursday.
2: Well, it. it listen, I already... Th- you already, listeners already know. I have not been confident about the depth at cornerback. Uh, it's obviously worse. Rockyson has been out for a week with the with the injury. Jalen Armour Davis didn't practice on Thursday for unknown reasons. You just outlined Pepe Williams, who finally just got back and then had to had to leave. The this the Arthur Mollett, who the Ravens signed as a slot corner, he's been out with with a hamstring inj- injury. And then there's Trayvon Mullen, um, who just went on season ending. um, I don't know which list he went on, but he's he's having toe surgery. So he's basically done. So, yeah, it's an issue. And uh, to his credit, um, John Harbaugh acknowledged it. It's it's
4: an issue. There's no question. I mean, we've had those guys have been kind of just been in and out. You know, Pepe's coming back, so you know it's it's not a new injury or anything like that. But he's got he's got to bring it back and get up to speed. And then these little tweaky things that are happening to the guys are, are you know they're annoying. There's no doubt about it. And they're and the players are annoyed by it too. You know, so uh, yeah, we've got we got to look at that for sure.
2: So they got to look at it. There's they're gonna have to bring in some some more people. I don't know that there's a lot of like big names there out on the out on the market. Um, but it, but it makes me nervous. I feel like this is the 2021 wide receiver group. I feel like they're going into this with not enough, um, high-end players. Um, yeah, I don't know how Kyle Fuller's feeling or anything like that, but I do think it's going to need to be addressed. We will not see Marlon Humphrey Saturday night. So what we're going to see Saturday night is Brandon Stevens, Kevon Seymour, Daryl Worley. Those are gonna be the three veterans. And then we've got rookies, Caillou, Blue Kelly, Corey Mayfield Jr., undrafted guys, so is Jordan Swan and Jeremy Lucian. So not a lot going on unless Pepe or Jalen Armour-Davis can, um, if it's a small thing. Again, I don't know why Jalen Armour-Davis wasn't out there. We don't know how serious Pepe Williams was. So if it's just small things, maybe they could be out there Saturday, but they need some bodies.
1: No kidding. You you look at in-division, even the Ravens now with their revamped wide receiver core, I mean, there is playmaking ability on the outside, inside, everywhere, up and down all four teams in this division offensively. And if they don't have the bodies depth-wise to keep up with these playmakers, then Lamar and the offense are going to be forced to be damn near perfect every single week try to put up points competing with these guys. So, yeah, it, it does feel eerily similar to what they dealt with Back in 2021. So something to look out for again. Harbs kind of made it seem like they got to look at it. Yeah, they got to look at it and hopefully act upon it at some point here shortly before week one kicks off in a month from now. The door apparently is still open for Jadavian Clowney as we kind of shift towards the, the front. there, part of the defensive line. Of course, he's a, a defensive end free agent. Josina Anderson reported, as you heard from us earlier this week. That he remained in Baltimore after an offer was reportedly extended his way, and Harbs was asked about that on Thursday.
4: Uh, oh yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I haven't heard otherwise, you know. Uh, and you know, it's, so you're saying we still got a chance, you know? We've we got a chance, and uh, and we're looking at we're, we're looking at other guys too, you know, with that visit in the past. So I don't think the door is closed on any of those guys. Uh, he had a really good visit, so.
2: I think what was newsworthy on that is he's saying that there's 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 the door open for many guys, not just to D- and Clowney. So to me, it sounds like Kyle Vannoy is still in the mix and maybe there's other people they're talking to. So the difference <clears throat> from cornerback to outside linebacker is cornerback, I don't know what the Ravens are doing to address it. At outside linebacker, you at least know. You know that Clowney's in the mix and Vannoy's in the mix and they're they're actively trying to address it, yeah. whereas like it doesn't feel like they are at cornerback.
1: Yep couple roster spot openings as of Thursday, wide receiver Makai Polk. He was waived. And then like you mentioned, Trayvon Mullen was placed on the reserve, uh, NFI. So his season is likely over Polk is gone. And, uh, all of a sudden you got, you got a couple open roster spots basically is, is what that looks like. So we'll see if they make any moves between now and the preseason game or perhaps over the next week or so. Some other quick hits too, before we wrap up, um, Again, you know, from a, a preseason standpoint, no established starters will play on Saturday. That includes Lamar Jackson. The door was left open for Zay Flowers, and here's Harb's talking a little bit about the strategy going into that.
4: As far as the game, kind of your question, uh, you won't be seeing any of the established starters in this game. Uh, some of the young, if this guy's a real young starter, maybe he'll get a few reps, but uh, none of the established starters. John.
1: No surprise there. Twenty-three game preseason win streak. Just because we have to say this is on the line. It's an NFL record going into Saturday night. So you do think? You said it a minute ago. You do think they're gonna you're gonna see Zay for a series or two?
2: Well, he didn't say it in that one. They came back around and they asked. So is it Zay? And he's like, Yeah, it's a possibility. Um, uh, and then he kind of backtracked a little bit. But it's. I mean, he said it's a possibility. But I think I think Jay's playing. Um, mm-hmm. And I think he should. Now I don't know that he needs to play all three preseason games, but when you're coming from the level of competition at Boston College, even if you're coming from Alabama, like how many players say, "Whoa, this is a different speed. This is a different. This is just a different animal coming into the NFL." So Mm -hmm. I think that Zay Flowers needs to get a little bit more acclimated to the to the NFL, and he's probably not even going to be going up against other starters, but it will be helpful for him to just like get a feel for playing in an NFL stadium, playing with, you know, some twos and threes probably at this level. So, yeah, I think he should play. I mean, Isaiah likely, remember how much he played last year? Of course, he wasn't a Um, first-rounder. But these guys need to get acclimated before week one before they're thrown into the fire.
1: Agreed. Agreed. How about PQ having a little bit of fun with Lamar on Thursday? Here they are. Just hanging around the practice field, PQ decided to apply a little bit of pressure, playfully getting on top of Lamar. Not actually on top of him, but just wrapping him up a little bit, having some fun. Hey, that's their million-dollar man—a little bit more than a million too. But uh, good to see the guys having some well, fun. Well,
2: and there. and the tweet, the tweet. So that was Jamison Hensley's video we just showed, where he just again, he's just going up, pretending he's about to wrap him up, and and pretending he's going to bring him down and uh, somebody throws Lamar a ball, and, and PQ isn't letting him go, so Lamar can't catch it. But uh, PQ quote retweets uh, Hensley's video, and he says, <laughs> Patrick Queen, you wouldn't want to see me in a real game, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <Money>. <laughs> I, I think it's the other way around, but I don't know. PQ's one of the faster linebackers. But, yeah, I think that, I think that Lamar could, uh, could uh, you know leave, leave Patrick with a couple broken ankles if he wanted to.
1: Good to see PQ happy. Big year for him ahead, as we yes, both know. Very happy. So we'll finish with a couple different things here. Marquise Hollywood Brown, former Raven. He was asked if he was concerned about his new role in the Arizona Cardinals offense, which has changed quite a bit. And here is what he had to say. Uh, not really. I mean, because I mean, I played. I played in Baltimore. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I played in Baltimore. So like, I'm like. I didn't, done, I didn't, done, I didn't done, done been in it. So uh, when I when I met with these guys and they they told me their philosophies and their thought process, I was like, okay,
3: you know, I could work with I could work with that. And I feel like there's something that we need as as a team that we could thrive in.
1: Listen, I, the first thing I thought of when I heard this, it, you can't tell me he doesn't wish he was in Baltimore this year. Think about what's happened in Arizona. Oh, since he's gotten there. It's been a disaster. Front half off, front office overhaul, injuries at the quarterback position, which of course you can never you can never know, but there's so much drama with Kyler Murray, right? They have not, they've totally underperformed as an organization. Now they're essentially starting fresh. It's it's a borderline rebuild. I know he wanted out for good reason in the Greg Roman system, and 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 he came to Eric DeCosta and he did so respectfully and everything, you know, worked out at the time for both parties and the Ravens got good compensation and they don't get Tyler Linderbaum without that on draft night a couple years ago. But I mean,
2: <laughs> I, I, mean I, don't, I don't know what he, I don't know what he's thinking, but I'll just say this. If I were in his spot, I would wish that I was still in Baltimore with this new offense and coming back with my best friend in Lamar Jackson and basically being like, Oh, that could be me over there. So, yeah. but that's how I would be feeling anyway.
1: We'll finish with this. Tyler Boyd, as I mentioned earlier on, since he loves to talk, the Cincinnati Bengals do, and ML Football put out a tweet essentially saying and sharing something from OBJ and and Peter King's conversation recently. OBJ was quoted for telling Peter about the Super Bowl. People have no idea what I was actually going to do that day. It was going to be the day where I catch 15 balls, maybe 250 yards. The game plan was for me. We would have beat him 42 to 17. That's what OBJ told Peter King. And guess what? It was trending in that direction before he went down with that non contact torn ACL that put him out of the league for over a year. Now, this was tweeted out by ML Football, and in their mentions, Tyler Boyd, Bengals wide receiver, wrote, Woulda, coulda, shoulda. Now, of course, the Bengals lost that uh, Super Bowl to the LA Rams. Well, after that, SportsCenter had a little bit of fun with it, put together a little graphic of its own on Instagram with the back and forth. You know how they do this. This is what gets the people talking here. The graphic on the screen is a quote of OBJs that I just read for you with with a photo of him. And then down below, they go back-to-back collage with Tyler Boyd's comment on the way back. Well, who do you think hits up the comment section of of SportsCenter's Instagram page here? OBJ. He comes in with a bunch of laughy emojis. I feel that in caps for real, for real. But I do have the ring you could have, would have, should have had. And that's a fact, Brody. Talk about clap back on him, OBJ. I thought that was hysterical.
2: That is hilarious. It's like Tyler Boyd should have saw that coming. Would have, could have, should have. And it's like, but the Rams won, so he's got a ring. You know, he he, he didn't get to put up his, his 250 yards, but he he had a pretty good game before he even went down and he's got that ring. So Tyler Boyd walks right into that one.
1: Always running his mouth is Tyler Boyd, but I guess that's what makes this this budding rivalry in division so much fun, even though it's always going to be Baltimore and Pittsburgh. It's, it certainly seems as if the Lamar era has been about since he, especially when Joe Burrow got, I shouldn't say the, the beginning of the Lamar era was utter domination of Cincinnati. It was a joke. The Bengals were a joke pre Joe Burrow. And so, uh, ever since he arrived, it's it's been a whole lot of fun. And you get the sense that, you know, he's going to be locked up at some point here. Burrow will be, you know, joining these other quarterbacks in his draft class that, that got, you know, big time paydays. Josh Allen's right. The Justin Herberts, all these dudes. Uh, but, you know, this this rivalry is only just beginning. You get the sense. As always, we wanted to shout out and thank two of our returning patrons who are supporting all of what we do here inside the vault through Patreon this month. So Rick Henry. Matt DiMaggio, shout out both of you guys. Thanks for believing in what we're building here in Baltimore and beyond. As we've mentioned recently, uh, because it's that time of year, football season's ramping it back up. We typically hear from a lot of you through our DMs, through comments, emails. How can you support? A great way to do so is through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Vault podcast. We have several small business owners that are taking advantage of our small business level tier membership uh, in Patreon. It's a great way for us. To show our appreciation to you and hopefully in return you guys get some extra promotion and advertising for what you do in the community so again that's just a 49.99 monthly commitment you can sponsor an entire episode on a monthly basis one episode per month so thanks to to the guys for that and the next time that we will be in action sarah is back what we love doing best and that is live content so Eagles Ravens coming up on Saturday night will be live across all of our platforms, probably within the hour of when that one finishes up. We always like to listen to the press conferences, get as much content as we can, and then go live. So if you're around Saturday night, if you're making your way back from the bank, whatever you might be doing, uh, pop on and we look forward to catching up with you guys. Then anything from you partner before we jump.
2: I just wanted to say, I have seen an uptick in Patreon subscriptions and I've seen an uptick in YouTube super chats. So I just you you're always the one who kind of, you know, thanks everybody which is good. I'm glad you you keep on top of all the names for us and all of that, but I just wanted to say thank you. I've seen a major uptick in it. I just appreciate the support.
1: And a big thank you for allowing us to get to that 8,000 benchmark subscription. Count on YouTube. We just hit 8,000 earlier this week. Like we said, we launched it in October of 2022, so about 10 10 months ago. And the fact that we're trending for you know 10,000 in under a year is pretty freaking cool. So thank you for your support on all of our platforms. Thank you for your patience, those of you who are loyal audio-only listeners. We became we became a show. We turned we kind of came into existence as audio-only, and then kind of you know how it goes in content. You have to evolve. So. You know, we're really trying to cater to, to everybody within this umbrella, you know, under the umbrella that is the vault. And we really, really appreciate your patience, support uh, and interest in what we're building. So with that, that is a Friday morning vault edition in the books. We will be back on Saturday night for my co-host and partner, Sarah Ellison. I'm Bobby Trosted signing off. Thanks for being with us inside the vault. <laughs>